did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know, the blue people with the tails. Hey, good game, shooter. We transition from to ooh. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hi. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is off-season episode 21 with John Fanta. The backyard brawl just happened. So fun to see those two teams play. It was a very close game all the way through. Both teams made mistakes. Both teams made some really good plays. This is not a football podcast. I don't know what's happening with football besides a few things. The game's too long. Uh, At some point, similar to basketball, uh, just keep the game moving. Why are we we doing Sapruder film stuff on plays? Like, I'm okay. Let's all just be okay with it being wrong. Also, we can all agree that... Having a Pittsburgh alum call the national broadcast <laughs> the backyard brawl, it's 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 a lot. And that guy has so many words to say. And listen, uh, this is WVU fandom. And these are the ones you remember. I I recorded this intro earlier in the week and was talking about the backyard brawl and the things that I that the two backyard brawls I think about they brought up during this game and they both were not in WVU's favor. It was the it was the 31-31 tie uh when Major Harris was a senior in 1989 and it was 2007. And add this one. Now now there's three I'll remember. And what a way to lose that game. So many positives to take from that. So much fun that that game was played. Pittsburgh will come to uh, Milan Pushkar Stadium next year, and that'll be a blast. Oh, my gosh. I, I Can I tell you? I, again, not the biggest football guy. I threw up a little bit in my mouth. Right around about three minutes left in the fourth. Threw up a little bit in my mouth. I don't know how to transition from that, but if you need a palate cleanser from what just happened and not think about football, let's think about basketball. And I have a guest on this week, and he was great. And he is Fox Sports commentator and reporter John Fanta. He he calls play-by-play on national Fox Sports broadcast for the Big East, and he wrote a recent article about the Big 12. And I wanted to bring John on, first of all, his energy. Second of all, talk a little bit talk a little bit more about what he expects in the Big 12, in basketball, in the upcoming season. So here's my interview with John Fanta. There's nothing about what just happened football-wise in this conversation. So check it out.
The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin, so get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a cannot-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. What's that? Well, bet on an NFL team. If that team goes up by seven points at any point during the game, you win and you get paid instantly. The team can end up losing, but if your team goes up seven, cash the bet. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So here's what you should do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Fox Sports commentator and reporter John Fanta, welcome to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Well, it's great to be with you, Josh. I got to make my first trip to West Virginia last season for a game, at the, the UConn game that the Mountaineers came away victorious in. And what a night it was for them then. And I know that the season didn't end up the way that Mountaineer fans would have liked it to end up. But I can honestly say that that is one of the most unique atmospheres and game nights that I've ever been to in college hoops. And I know that it's cliche to talk about country roads, but I don't think that there's anything cooler than what that song means to to West Virginia and Mountaineer fans. I can feel the pageantry. I can feel the passion. And that starts with the Hall of Famer who will hear his name officially called here as we're talking just a matter of days now until uh, Bob Huggins is inducted in Springfield. So it's, it's great to be with you. I have a lot of respect for West Virginia fans. And I think that this upcoming season that they can start to go in a better direction. I like what they did in the transfer portal. I did too. And what a great first visit to see a close game, fun atmosphere, loud Coliseum. Uh, and you do play-by-play -play for Fox Sports, John, and you play and you cover Big East and West Virginia's been been in the Big East in the past. But play-by-play -play specifically, what's the most difficult part of being a play-by-play -play commentator? Well, I think that for me, I'm 27 years old, and Fox has had me do games for them now for about three, four years. And Josh, when I first started out doing games on FS1. I showed up with all my notes and all my materials and all my quotes and all that stuff. And it was like, how much of this can I get in? I got to get all this in. And what you learn is that that is not the key to calling a great game. Calling a great game comes down to letting the game speak for itself, letting the crowd tell the story, which it was so refreshing to have full houses last season. I thought it, attendance only increased. People were starving to get back into the buildings. Less is more. And as a play-by-play -play announcer, the challenges are knowing when you need to insert yourself as a traffic cop, but don't hold up traffic. You don't want to become the story. 
You want your analysts to be the story. You want the coaches and the players to be the story. One of the things that I've also tried to focus on is, Josh, you know this, uh, Bob Huckins is a legend, and I need to talk about him, but he would be the first to tell you it's about the players. And I think sometimes play-by-play guys will zone in on legendary coach, great winner, uh, they know what they do. They do it well. All, that, that's nice. But what about those players? What about their stories? What can I tell you about Emmett Matthews Jr. and why he came back to West Virginia? What can I tell you about Trey Mitchell and why he transferred intra-conference and why he comes to West Virginia? What can I tell you about Joe Toussaint? I know he's got some New York roots. What can I tell you on a broadcast? While being concise... And while building up my analyst. So those are some of the challenges to what I do. I love what I do. I haven't worked a day in my life. And I love calling games. It's a privilege to do so because whenever I'm calling a game, what I think of, Josh, is somebody out there, and not just somebody, but a lot of people out there, they're watching this game. For them at that moment, it's the Super Bowl. Or else they wouldn't have the game on. It's their most important thing going on in their life. Right. The person that's watching the game. They set along, they set aside two hours to watch the game. It is on me as a play-by-play announcer to treat it as my Super Bowl two. Because if I don't do that for you, the viewer, then I'm not doing my job. Well, and the energy comes through, I think, John, in everything I've seen you do. So that's fantastic. And speaking of a privilege, you've got to work with the great Bill Raftery. Tell me what it's like calling a game with Bill. <laughs> well, it really starts the night before the game over some spirits, uh, over some refreshments. <laughs> it's not the game as much as it is the show the night before and then the night of. Raph's the only guy in downtown Hartford, Connecticut, that could keep uh, a bar open past 9 or 10 o'clock on a weeknight, and they will stay open until he walks out. He dictates the hours. They should just put on their sign raftery hours tonight uh, because that's raft. I I got to work with Bill this past February, and it is the greatest experience that I could ever ask for early on in my career. I mean, Josh, just to paint you a picture, if somebody asked me last year on January the 20th, what's on your bucket list? I would have said working with Bill Raftery. and Ten days after that, January 20th, I worked with Bill on the 1st of February. And I will never forget that because he is a dream to have as a partner. He makes your life easy. He's extremely conversational. He's funny, but he's not. he doesn't take away from the game being played. He knows so much about the teams. One thing about Raph that I would share is – so. We did a game at UConn between Connecticut and Creighton this past year. A game that Creighton actually won, and it was the start of Creighton's run in the, towards the NCAA tournament and then beating San Diego State and, and giving Kansas quite a game. But Bill and I worked together, so we go to shoot around at, at the Excel Center across the street from the hotel. We, we show up there around 8 a.m., uh, 8, 8.30 we, you know, you do two hours of shoot around, Josh. And then I'm at a point where I'm a little hungry. I'm kind of worn out. I, I've, I've got everything ready to go. But I'm thinking like, okay, I get to go back to the room, take a little bit of a breather. 
you know, like I'll, I'll turn something on the TV that has nothing to do with basketball for a half hour, just to clear my brain. Well, Raph looks at me, he goes, well, I got to go watch Wisconsin film because I've got them in two weeks. People don't understand that man is preparing constantly. He is not just, let me show up and do the game and then I'll go drink and then I'll do the next game. That's not Raft. Raft is meticulous in his prep. He preps like a coach prepares for a game. And Josh, he does not prepare for a team on the day of a game. He knows that team front and back. He's working on other games down the road. When he does your game, he's focused on you, obviously, but he is consistently prepared and ready to go. And he watches a ton of tape. And I just thought that was amazing. Here I am at 27. I'm like, man, I need a little bit of a break. And here's Raft at 80. And this guy's going at all hours of the night. Josh, we did the game at UConn. We go out that night and Raph says to me, all right, you know, sleep well, kid. I'm thinking I got to sleep till like eight or nine, right? Maybe nine, nine thirty. you know, when you're out real late at night. Raph goes, well, I got to get into my car at 4.30. I'm driving to the airport. I'm going to Milwaukee for Villanova Marquette tomorrow night. So that's Raft. Raft is nonstop. It was a dream to work with him. And people don't understand, not only is he a great personality for college basketball, but what's the best respect that we can give to people that do this? They know what they're talking about. And Bill Raftery will never be caught off guard. He knows what he's talking about. That's fantastic. And it really a great lesson early on in your career to see yeah. a guy work like that. That's amazing. Uh, so I brought you on, John, because you recently wrote about the upcoming Big 12 season. And when you talk about the Big 12 and basketball, I don't know if this is a national known thing, but you talked about it early in your article. I mean, two straight national champions, runner up in 2019. Seven of the last nine seasons, Ken Palm had Big 12 as the number one rated basketball conference. They're adding Houston in the near future. Do you think nationally the Big 12 gets the, not the credit that they deserve, but the reputation of being one of the strongest basketball conferences for going on a decade now? I think a lot of people, Josh, acknowledge the Big 12 as a great basketball league. Here's where people are failing to meet the mark. The Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball. That's where people are under fully understanding what this conference has done. If you account for two consecutive national championships and you put up the NCAA tournament bids that they consistently put up, we're talking what, six, seven, 18? More than half every year, yeah. In and, around, in and around that. Not in a 16-team league, folks. It's 10. It's 10. Now it's going to expand. And I think it's going to benefit off that expansion, not only with Houston, but BYU. Terrific program, outstanding fan base. They're very passionate. How about Cincinnati? I think that West Miller has a bit of a hidden gem program. Cincinnati basketball, West Virginia fans know this. Cincinnati basketball is a good program and can be a great program. And it wasn't that long ago that they were a one seed under Mick Cronin. I mean, that that's a program that can be at a high, high level. So when I look at the Big 12, Josh, I see a league that is on the mountaintop of college hoops. I see a league that I want to give the credit that's due to Scott Drew. Because I think that by evolving Baylor, and by getting Baylor on a more forward track, that one put pressure on Kansas, 
And two, Sprung, Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, and others into action to say, we've got to be great too. And what's it going to take for us to be great? So I think it's a really interesting time in this league. I think if you're a Big 12 basketball fan, I know a lot of people out there are saying, uh, conference realignment, their concerns. I understand those concerns, folks. But this is, no matter what ends up happening, Josh, the, the answer to the question is we don't know. So treating the Big 12 as it is right now and looking at what they have in basketball, their basketball benefits from their expansion, in my opinion, because Houston, I think Houston, it might only be a matter of time until they win it all. In fact, I think Houston could win the national championship this upcoming season. So the league is on top of college basketball. I think a lot of people think highly of it. I don't think people understand just how great it is, though. And maybe it's because, John, Kansas's dominance in the league and the blue blood and how they've won so many in a row. And then you, you Scott Drew comes kind of up and kind of raises, raises the tide for everybody else. And it makes it more competitive. But I, I think that they're working against, well, doesn't Kansas win it every year? Yeah, they did. And now we're getting into a little more parity of which you wrote about. You've got four teams in the league with a possible final four run in them in Baylor, Kansas, Texas, TCU. My question to you, John, which one of those teams would surprise you the most if they ended the regular season outside of the top four in the Big 12? What would you what would surprise you the most out of those four that one you know, took a drop out of the top four? Well, if, if to me, Josh, I think that Baylor of these four teams could end up being the best. So it would surprise me the most if they weren't in the top four. The other program that I would say, because I'll give you two here, I'll actually go a little bit bold on your pod and say TCU, just because I look at the makeup of that roster. And I have a hard time believing that Mike Miles and Eddie Lampkin and Damian Baugh are, are going to be in a position where they're not in the top four of that league. TCU is as good of a defensive team as you're going to find in college basketball. On the offensive end of the floor, they bring back their mainstays. Miles is a stud as a guard, and we know what happens when guards get more and more experience. Um, and, and I think that that's only going to help. Then you add in Emmanuel Miller and Chuck O'Bannon. They're extremely versatile. They're interchangeable. They could switch on ball screens. They've got the formula to win. And they have a coach in Jamie Dixon who did a similar building job building things up at Pittsburgh. Like Jamie Dixon won a lot of Pittsburgh. Look at what Pitt has been without Jamie. They've been a dumpster fire. And at TCU, let's face it, TCU basketball, before they won a tournament game last year, hadn't won one since the 80s. That's a direct credit to that head coach. And it's a credit to that head coach that those players have all stayed at TCU because, let's face it, they could go elsewhere. They could go to Duke. They could go to Carolina. Those players are good enough to play at, at the, the top of the crop because TCU is a program that could very well be top 10 in the country. So. I think Baylor first because of Flagler and Cryer. And I would say, you know, if we knew about Jonathan Shamwa Chatua's status, that I would go even more confidently. 
But I will say TCU because of experience, because of Miles, because of Dixon at the helm. I think they defend. I think they're interchangeable. If I saw that team like six or seven in the Big 12, I'd be like, wait a minute, how'd that happen? If I saw Kansas there this year, I wouldn't say that because Kansas lost a lot. They lost a lot. And if I saw Texas down there, the fact is, Josh, Chris Beard's trying to change things there. But Texas has more to prove here going forward. Right. And TCU, just like you said, the continuity of bringing everybody back. You just don't see that a lot in this college basketball landscape. So to make a run like they did in the tournament last year and then bring everybody back, that bodes well for that TCU team. Way different from when WVU entered the league in 2012, what TCU looks like today. Um, And we know Jamie Dixon here in WVU uh, land, so uh, not the best name here, the school that he's uh, attributed to. But let's talk about the three schools you have outside of the tournament uh, on your write-up. And you've got Iowa State, Kansas State, and West Virginia. On the flip side, which one of those three teams has the most overachievement potential and maybe works their way into a NCAA tournament discussion? Well, I think Kansas State has just so many new pieces. It's hard for me to sit here and say that in year one, Jerome Tang's going to get them there. But I think Jerome Tang has done a remarkable job already at getting Kansas State on the right path. Okay, put them aside. So I'm, I'm going to say no on that. The reason why I'll say Iowa State is because they proved themselves last year, and even though they've lost some key pieces, Tyrese Hunter being the most notable of those pieces, they still are a team that that I, I feel like in that article that I might have undersold them. Uh, and look, we if I say every team, you know, is going to be good, then that's not fair. That's not that's and not, impossible, right? Not <laughs> to happen. Somebody's got to lose games. Um, so I would I would go with Iowa State because I think that TJ Otzelberger showed very quickly just how good of a coach he can be with, frankly, um, not as much talent as some of the other teams in the league. Now, they've got to win a certain way. You know, they're, they've got to win a certain way. They're kind of this – they've got some Virginia principles to them uh, in the way that they play and the way that they limit possessions. It's not sexy. Sometimes, though, Josh, when you're not sexy – like Iowa State, they're not sexy. You, that's the only way you got to play because it's the only way you're going to win. I can't say West Virginia because the fact of the matter is this. Didn't necessarily do enough on the recruiting trailway. Um, the transfer portal, they got some quality transfers, but I always say with transfers, and this is no disrespect to kids transferring, but you're transfers for a reason. You know, the, and, and, and the players they're getting – are players that do have a high degree of variance in terms of what they're giving. That's what I said about Emmett Matthews when he transferred to Washington. I never understood that fit. So much so that he's now back at West Virginia where he fits better. So for me with West Virginia, I think that they could take a step in the right direction. And I think that Bob Huggins is a Hall of Fame coach. My question on West Virginia is how game to game is this team scoring the ball efficiently and doing it against Big 12 competition? That's a question that needs to be answered here this upcoming season. Yeah, and you talk about Iowa State's way they need to win. I mean, look across the Big 12, John. Like, it's it's, gonna, it's them 
it's how Texas Tech plays. It's Oklahoma. How they? It's it's a grinding defensive conference, and everybody's good at it. And you've got Hall of Fame coaches left and right, so it is a gauntlet every year. Yeah, and somebody's got to be on the on the low side of that on no true uh, basement team. Again, Kansas State, new coach, bunch of new players. And and you still can't totally write them off of being like no. bottom of the conference. So it's it's really top to bottom, not flashy, but just defensive juggernauts down the pike. And then Houston comes in. It's going to be even crazier in the future. So um, well, I was just going to say, too, we haven't even talked about Texas Tech and uh, their fan base before I talk about their team. It might be the craziest in college <laughs> because they made me very aware. They they were very upset. They did not think that they were included in this article, which, as you know, that is not the case. Click on the article. It wasn't clickbait. It was, I promise you. And I don't make the headline art on, on Fox's articles, but uh, Texas Tech was not on there. And so people then form their judgments of me. And I can tell you, I think highly of Texas Tech, uh, but Texas Tech, lost Taryn Shannon and Kevin McCuller. And I'm sorry, Texas Tech fans. Those are two great players. Those are two great players. And don't get me wrong. I like who you've got coming in. uh, But you've lost a number of key pieces. So they're going to be an interesting team here this year. I think they're good enough to be a team that, that, you know, is in the top 30 of the country. But that's not top 10. And if they are top 10 or 15, Mark Adams should be considered for national coach of the year. He, I mean, it just, they were so impressive last year after losing beard to Texas. Uh, and so, and Adams has proved with a bunch of moving pieces, his system, he can work it. So I, I think highly, I would say nothing negative of my friends in Lubbock. They are very <laughs> crazy is the right word, John. So I really appreciate the time. A few short answer prediction time questions. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Capel, is this his last season at Pitt? Yes. Will West Virginia play in a postseason tournament this season, at the end of the season? Yes, I do think that. I think that they've got enough talent to to play in some sort of a postseason tournament. Absolutely. Yes, I do believe that. And finally, will the Big 12 have a school in the national championship game for the fourth straight tournament? I'm going to say yes. The conference's track record combined with the fact that they could have four top 10 teams, those are pretty good odds, right? So I think that the Big 12 will continue to be on the mountaintop in college hoops. Wouldn't surprise me if Scott Drew does what Jay Wright did in 2016-2018 and Baylor wins it all for the second time in three years. Such amazing. It's so amazing to talk about Scott Drew in those terms when five years ago it was can't win the big one. I know defense. And now here we are dynasty mode. So uh, fantastic conversation, John. I really appreciate your time. Look at look for John's work on Fox Sports website on Twitter at John underscore Fanta. John, thank you for joining me on Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Thanks for having me, Josh. Anytime. Big thanks again to John Fanta for joining me on the podcast. You can find him doing his work for Fox Sports, find his contributions on the Field of 68 podcast network, find him on Twitter at John underscore Fanta. 
That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just listen on Apple Podcasts. That's a good way to do it. Or CastBox. Five stars. Leave a review. Max Preach. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Down. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. They had 16 wins and they had 17 losses.